Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime, powered by Tennessee Tickets. I'm your host, Buck Rising. Proud, as always, to be presented to you by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. My main man, Gary Ashton, the official realtor of the Titans, Preds, Nashville, SC, and your boy on A to Z Sports Primetime, your dream address without the stress at GaryAshton.com. Our friends at Tame the Beast remind you to groom boldly, just as I do. You can be a beast, and you can invite all your friends to be beast with the promo code AZ50. Saves yourself 50% off. Of course, our fine friends at Tennessee Heating and Cooling remind you to stay in your comfort zone in the midst of this summer heat satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs at 10HC.com. Let's talk about the Titans and capitalizing on a pretty bizarro offseason. We're going to hear from John Robinson tonight. He gave some comments today, as did Mike Vrabel. We're going to talk about how the Titans have managed to come through in a lot better shape than most people at a time like this, now that their offseason has officially, their virtual offseason has officially ended. Mike Vrabel announcing that that had come to a conclusion today, early ahead of the deadline that the NFL had extended for teams to be able to allow, or to allow teams to be able to hold these virtual offseasons. Mike Vrabel said, you know, it's enough. It's, it's, it's enough in all of this thing. And we're going to talk about the three-part plan that they put into place to make sure that they capitalized on all of this. And it's a fascinating thing for us to unfold. And I'm excited to talk about it here with you tonight. First, I want to know, I want you to grade the Titans offseason. Now, this may sound pretty basic, but there's a lot that folds into this because we're talking about an offseason in the midst of a global pandemic. We're talking about an offseason in the middle of racial protests and riots and all sorts of injustice being uh, fought against in the middle of COVID-19. All of these things swirling around the country here in Nashville, the tornado, the NFL draft being held virtually, free agency, all of it, football or not, give me a grade, A through F, of this Titans offseason. I think we're going to have a pretty unique discussion of what is a fairly easy question, but I hope you guys will give me some creativity there in the comments and let us know your grades for this Titans offseason in the comments section. So let me break it down for you like this before we get to John Robinson and Amy Adams Strunk, the statement that she made today, and all of these things that lie ahead from your favorite football team. The Titans, like all NFL teams, they get through the combine, everybody's hunky-dory, Indianapolis, the NFL spring break, feels like ages ago. Feels like so long ago where all of us were swarmed into Kilroy's like drunk rats, enjoying the evening before we'd have to go and cover four or five days of combine, prospects, all of these things. The NFL's party weekend, the combine, an eon ago. And so now they find themselves in the middle of March or early March, and all things are being shut down. You can't be by your players. You can't be by anything. We're essentially relitigating the coronavirus. And so all of these things come down. NFL teams can't be in their facilities. Coaches must work from home. Oh, hell, there's an NFL draft ahead. So now you have to conduct a virtual NFL draft. And in theory, outside of the pass rush, and you can talk about Clowney and the uh, Jarrell Casey trade, you'll also hear from Jarrell on a different subject later on in this program. So they trade away Jarrell Casey. They have $14 million in cap space left to play with. 
They draft a right tackle. They draft a quarterback. No help at edge, and Clowney's still out there. All of these things factor into the offseason, and then George Floyd's murder takes place. And then all of these athletes are being essentially unleashed onto social media saying, enough. We need our teams to stand in solidarity with us. We need action from a historically inactive and, in fact, the most reluctant to racial change in all of professional sports, not named NASCAR, the NFL. We need your support in all of this. And now this is an additional hurdle, an additional thing that we must overcome together. Football franchises, all of us, really, in society. But this is something that every NFL team has had to gone through. So when you're grading this Titans offseason, and I want your grades A through F in the comments section as we discuss all of the... What what the hell has happened over the past three and a half months at this point? I want you to take all of these things into account. And then I want you to consider what has happened here recently. And it ended today with John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, two, uh, a statement from Amy Adams Strunk, and one very powerful video. And all of this stuff on the heels of an offseason that was completely and totally unprecedented. Continue to weigh in, your, weigh in with your grades in the comments section, and you'll hear from John Robinson, the Titans general manager, in the meantime. We got to be better. You know, I was thinking every, every single one of us, black and white, we were taught the Pledge of Allegiance as kids. And that, that pledge was written by Francis Bellamy in 1892. And it's still recited today. And it's a pledge to a flag that represents our country. And a pledge is a solemn oath. It says one nation, not a black nation or a white nation. It says one nation. It says indivisible, which means united, not able to be pulled apart. With liberty which means a state of being free from oppressive restrictions and justice, which is defined by the quality of being fair and reasonable for all, which is for everyone, regardless of the color of your skin. So I just think this pledge, this oath that we've all recited, if we can truly put that into action, we can work to change. We can work to change the hearts and minds of those that need to be changed, that liberty, that justice, that feeling of one nation, um, a nation of human beings, a nation of God's children. Um, I think that's our charge. Um, it's been an extremely moving um, couple weeks, and um, I want to be a part. So John Robinson makes that statement, and then – the statement from Amy Adams Strunk comes down. I want to add my voice and the voice of our organization to the calls for equality and reiterate our firm stance against all forms of racism. This is Amy Adams Strunk, controlling owner of the Tennessee Titans, in her own words. Now, she provided a statement that you can read in full on the Titans website and also provided links to change for org for people who want who to we? affect change in the community and then the put out this that video question is determined by what we do and what we do not we do rush to our neighbor's aid after a natural disaster we do take precautions to protect the most vulnerable members of our community during a pandemic 
We do help those in need. And so, we do not silently stand by and watch as people are hurting. We stand up for what's right. To our black community, we see you. We hear you. We love you. We're with you. Black Lives Matter. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. This is not something somewhere I thought we would be heading into an offseason, into this six-week NFL or six-week about NFL vacation with a Black Lives Matter statement from the Tennessee Titans today on their official Twitter account. Their last probably public comments for quite some time until whenever training camp resumes, the next time we'll hear from all of these people. This was the way that the Titans executed, put a cherry on top of an honestly as good as you could get off-season. And I've asked you guys for your grades in the comments section. I want to get to them, and I'm going to give you mine. I promise you, I gave them high marks here on A to Z Sports Prime Time, powered by Tennessee Tickets. First, I'm going to tell you guys about our friends at Tame the Beast before we get to your grades. Our friends at Tame the Beast invite you to groom boldly at getbeast.com with the promo code AZ50. Saves you 50% off all of their fantastic products like the Yop Hand Wash that exfoliates, gets under your fingernails, gets rid of all the Rona. Make sure that you are staying clean and staying healthy in this time. The hard hair clay that I use, the best stuff for your follicles, and stuff like the face mask, tingle shampoo, all of these things available to you for 50% off with promo code AZ50 at GetBeast.com. Let's get to your grades on A to Z Sports Prime Time. Uh, grade the Titans offseason is the question that we are asking you. B for broke even, says Sean Gill. E for effort, says Lewis. Ryan Fields comes in with an F. Traded Casey, low, no long-term Henry deal, and no clowny. So all of these things are true. And John Robinson addressed that today. Because this is all of these things matter into the offseason. This is not just purely football. It's not just purely social activism. This is, this is grading it as a whole, okay? And all of the things that Ryan Fields have just, has just laid out in the comments on Facebook are factual. They did trade away Jarrell Casey for a seventh-round pick. They got a sixth-round pick next year for him. Ultimately, when they traded that seventh in this year's draft, they did not extend Derrick Henry. They did not give him the money that they say they want to. They continued to negotiate it on a deal. Last, we spoke with John Robinson, which was today, and at this point, both sides are looking for common ground. John Robinson and Mike Vrabel said that people just have to be patient. But they're trying to get something done. They have until July 15th, or he plays on the tag for 10.2. And we'll see how that goes. They also have not signed Jadavion Clowney. And Jadavion Clowney has reportedly turned down deals from the Cleveland Browns. He has reportedly turned down deals or uh, been turned down in terms of more money by the Seattle Seahawks. So who else but the Titans remains to sign this guy? Well, they got about $14 million to spend. John Robinson spoke on the cap space, available cap space today, and said there have been no recent negotiations or no recent talks with Clowney's representation. John thinks he'd be a good fit here. They're not willing to pay him any more than they've offered. Well, B, they can franchise Henry two years, says Puka. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's about time 
They did, says Jimmy and Zach. Still not happy about our draft overall, Eric Gar says. He gives it a C. So the draft is interesting because you drafted a tackle in the first round. A lot of people are pissed. A lot of people were not expecting Isaiah Wilson. Now, your boy called it. And I will tell you that it was an educated guess. Everybody's guessing in the draft. Nobody knows how these things are going to break until you see how it goes. And then, I, I mean, I just, I just happened to get lucky, to be completely honest with you. And it was, again, informed because I knew stuff. I knew that they liked him. I knew that they talked to him at the Combine. I knew all of these things. And I knew that Isaiah Wilson and right tackle was a need here. But he, they took him in the first round, and he wasn't, he wasn't a consensus first-round pick. And at 29... Are you really getting a consensus first-round pick? Probably not. But they got a right tackle, and they needed one. They needed a right tackle that was a hell of a lot cheaper than Jack Conklin. They have two in Dennis Kelly and uh, and now Isaiah Wilson. Dennis, if Isaiah Wilson cannot start right away, is a great option as what he has always been for very, very little money this year, and that is a swing tackle. He can start at right tackle to begin your season. If Isaiah Wilson beats him out whenever they start to play football, then great job out of you. Uh, but a lot of people not happy about it. Now, Christian Fulton at 61 is a steal. Anybody who complains about that is out of their mind. Christian Fulton was a great deal there. I think that they did well in addressing everything with the pass rush. They got another quarterback on the roster in case they are not feeling good about Logan Woodside. We'll talk about another quarterback here in a second because you see him on, a, on your graphic. But at this point, I got to look at it and say their draft was okay, Eric. I mean, what do you want them to do? They're picking, they're picking at the end of these rounds. They got six picks. They traded one away. Most of their picks are on day three. And the two that they've got are at the very back end of the round. Now, they could have traded up. Jordan Love going at 13 kind of fouled up everything for everybody. Not named Green Bay, unless you're Aaron Rodgers. And so you look at this and you say, well, I mean, what more could they have done? I think all things considered and based on the needs that they had, I can't be pissed at them about the draft. B, says Karen O'Keefe. Yes, Keyshawn Vaughn, we could have had him, says Lewis Chesney. I do love the Vic Beasley signing, and Eric is, Eric is very much in the minority on that. A lot of people didn't like Vic Beasley, but that's okay, Eric. B+, plus, I don't want to hear any more on Jadavion, or I don't want to hear the words Jadavion or Clowney anymore. Darren's mind says, glad to see you, Buck. We are all ready for football. Yes, brother, we are. But now football is going on summer vacation. I am getting ready to go on summer vacation. Not for a couple weeks, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, in the meantime, football is done for the time being. And we're talking about the stuff that they have done over the course of this offseason. B-Rett says he wishes they would have went after Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins went to the Baltimore Ravens, and that was a crazy pickup for them to be able to get their hands on. That was honestly just unfair. We got a steal in the second round last year, says Lisa Smith, referring to A.J. Brown, and now this year, talking about Christian Fulton. I'm asking you guys for your grades, and I will tell you that for me, it's hard when you factor, into, factor in everything that they have done, because there's obviously a much larger plan, and COVID-19 has obviously affected those plans. And all of the things that have gone on in between the NFL Combine, when last things felt normal, and now we find ourselves at the end of a virtual offseason that the coronavirus is completely and totally sabotaged, I have to look at this and I have to say, I got to give them a B+. I can't give, honestly, an A-. I will go A- because there's a lot of stuff that could have been done better, but I really think that's nitpicking. They get, they get such high marks for me out of all of this stuff, because here's, here's how I'll go about it. I'll... I'll base my grade off three specific criteria. 
One, we will start with the coronavirus. We will start with the virtual offseason and the way that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and the Titans staff pulled together a virtual draft in the middle of all hell breaking loose, pulled off the draft and accomplished all of their needs, not only did that, but got a lot of love on national television because somebody just perhaps was pooping in the background of Mike Vrabel's draft coverage, and that was great headlines for the Titans because it kept the brand of the Titans in the news cycle. OG Will Aiken says, Buck Rising in the MF and House. That's right, brother. It's a Thursday. Come party with us. We're, t- we're bringing it strong on a Thursday, and I'm in the middle of laying out my plan. That's the hype man that I needed, OG Will Aiken, there in the comments. So B plus, or A minus rather, for this reason. Draft, solid, not sexy. John Robinson said, we're not a sexy team. We go for functional, we go for football players, we go for, you might as well, we go for people who can do their job, right out of the Bill Belichick handbook. It was a very need-specific, outside of pass rush draft. And they accomplished, I felt, what they needed to. Good draft, solid draft, okay draft, functional draft. And at 29, that's as good as you can ask for. Now, they move into this, this virtual offseason. And, uh, and then Mike Vrabel says to us, well, despite the NFL extending these things to the 26th, we're going to call it here on June the 11th. And we asked him why today. Why he, why he decided to break early despite, you know, maybe they could have gotten something more out of the next coming weeks. And Mike Vrabel gave a great answer, the right answer, and an answer not all football coaches would give. A lot of people would take advantage of all of these time, all of this time and run their players into the ground. And Mike Vrabel says, yeah, I mean, paraphrasing here, but essentially Mike says, well, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of losing a little bit of their shine there in the virtual meetings. How much more really can we accomplish with them when all we are doing is classroom work? There's only so much that I can get them to lock onto for a short amount of time, especially while they're all not here in front of us. He said he misses the players. He said he misses having them in the building. He says he doesn't like really being in the building without the players because that's what it's about. It's their second home. And so Mike Vrabel, through all of this, has the foresight to say, okay, you know, maybe this isn't the best thing to do to take advantage of all of the time that they have allotted to us. In fact, we are going to let these players take a mental break. Kevin Byard the other day, Wednesday, was talking about football is not the most important thing right now. And he's damn right. And Mike Vrabel, the ability to recognize that, John Robinson and Amy Adams strunk to to sign off on it, that is great recognition. That was well done. They got the most, they got the most and best effort out of a virtual offseason in a way that nobody has any blueprint for. And then they go through today, or at least they go through the last two days. And so this is a week, 10 days, closer to two weeks after George Floyd's murder. And they go through all of these things. And Tannehill comes out and he makes a great and incredibly passionate statement and, uh, and serves as an advocate for Black Lives Matter uh, as a white representative, as a quarterback who needs to lend his voice to this discussion. He rides. He does, he does an incredible job with all of this. And the Titans make great headlines. They ride this positive momentum into today where John Robinson comes out with super strong statements that have been refined each time that the Titans organization has helped these things put together. And John Robinson mentions racism, mentions police brutality, says the right things, and says the, the, the things that you can clearly tell he was emotionally moved to say in the middle of his statement. And they ride the feel-good off that. 
And then Amy Adams Strunk, one of the first NFL owners, in the middle of all this, to come out and say, we stand, I want to lend my voice to this. This is planned. This is done intentionally. This is great PR. They did a great job in handling all of this. And this is a damn difficult thing to be able to pull off. The statement from Amy Adams Strunk, the links to be able to advocate for change, to be able to support the causes that advocate for change. And then you put out the video to make sure that everybody, the last thing that they think of is just how much you did for this damn community and for the people who you are trying to bring in as new fans of the Tennessee Titans. Not the people who would advocate against this kind of stuff, but the people that would support it. And the Tennessee Titans did all that in a three-pronged plan, and they did it expertly. They capitalized on the coronavirus in a way, and that sounds weird to say. It sounds bad. It sounds like it has negative implications. But in the same way that we spent a lot of time talking about the Tennessee Volunteers succeeding in the middle of a pandemic, so too have the Tennessee Titans in the middle of a pandemic and race riots. This is the place that we find ourselves, and this is crazy to say because I've been, I've been hitting them over the head for this for a long time, not not racism, not 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 doing enough on racism. That's not what I mean to say. Just in terms of the way that they mismanage things. And now they finally see, you finally see a perfectly well-executed plan by the Tennessee Titans united in one direction and pulling all in the same direction and all of the parts moving functionally. And it's a great way to capitalize on this offseason. I give them an A minus, and they were great. They were honestly great. I, you know, I I feel like I'm I feel like this is homerism out of me. And I don't even, this is not my team. This is the team I cover. You guys, you guys used to hate the way that I talked about the Titans. And now I can't stop gushing about them because they've done such a great job. What grade would you assign them for this offseason? Clowney's still out there, by the way. It's not over. B plus, only because we didn't take a wideout, says Corey D. Jackson. You want to say C? Come on, man, says Lewis Chesney. No, that is not the thing at all. AJ Epinesa available at 29, says Eric Garst. Uh, I, there's a reason AJ Epinesa fell the way that they did. And I don't think, you know, given what they have, given what they run, Eric, you can't be, he's not, he's not what you're looking for. He's not clowning. This is a totally different situation. AJ Epinesa would have been a solid player. It had been Derek Morgan and you'd have been pissed at him for it. And that's the way that it goes. Let's move on though. Here on A to Z sports primetime powered by Tennessee tickets. Let's talk about some heavy stuff on the way out the door. Cause this conf- this topic of conversation came up a couple times. Over the course of our conversations this week with Titans players and officials, the idea of carrying peaceful protests into the NFL season. How will you respond to Titans in-game protests should there be any? Let me know in the comments section on Facebook Live and on Periscope. We will talk about these things together. They have made peaceful protests before, both as a team and as individuals, and you'll hear from one of those individuals here in just a second. But in the meantime, I want you guys to weigh in on this topic. Would you, how would you react? What would your response be to in-game protests from the Tennessee Titans whenever it is that NFL games, even preseason games, if they do take place, how would you respond, how would you react to Titans players taking part in whatever a peaceful protest looks like on the sidelines? Let me know there in the comments section. In the meantime, I'll tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com reminds you to sell for more with the Ashton team if you are going to be a part of Nashville real estate investment. You want to make sure that you've got the right people handling your real estate needs. Whether it comes to buying, your, buying a new home, your dream address without the stress, 
like I did, or selling your property in a time when many people are looking to liquefy their assets. Go to the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. Sell your home for more or find your dream address without the stress for the same reason that Mike Vrabel did, John Hines, and your boy. Not to put us all in the same category. But it's a pretty elite group. A to Z Sports Primetime powered by Tennessee Tickets, our friend at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. What would you say to Titans protesting in the middle of your NFL Sundays, whenever it is that we see those NFL Sundays? I want you guys to weigh in because we, we, had to, we asked the Titans about this. Peaceful, uh, better peaceful than no protest at all, says El Boogie 808 there on Periscope. I saw Puka say fine earlier there as well. We need some uh, in-game protests or pre-game protests. There's a difference. Now, I mean, I I don't care. Uh, In-game protests, uh, well, no, I mean, you can't do it in-game. I mean, I guess you could do it in-game. So pre-game, that's my bad. Pre-game protests here on A to Z Sports Prime Time. Actually, Sean Gale, I waved you off and I shouldn't have. That's an important clarification. I appreciate you making me make that. I support the protests. Police have been wrong. Been in the wrong for many years. In many cases, we have to stand together or we will fall. Karen O'Keefe says, I have no problem with it and will kneel up in the stands along with them myself. Cordy Jackson says, absolutely no issue. I think we're ready without Clowney, but he puts us over the top, says Kevin Shaw. We need protest whenever I'm fine with it, says Kevin. Kevin says he he needs the protest. That's crazy. I, I well, And it's crazy for this reason. Honestly, I've been, I've been so damn proud of you guys for the way that you've responded to this because I was here four years ago when the Titans and Seahawks played in a game in the 2016 season and neither of them came out of the locker room. Neither team came out of the locker room. And that's when Rashard Matthews began talking about his support for his friend Colin Kaepernick after being against the causes because Rashard Matthews had a, a, a sibling die in service. You had teams across the country, players, individuals taking part in peaceful protests. And they were received so loudly uh, and so poorly, especially here in Nashville, that I was honestly taken aback. And so I wondered, and it's not, it's not like I don't trust you guys to evolve. And I know a lot of you guys are pro- in here. Listen, if you're listening to me, you're probably the people that were in on it from the jump. You're a smart audience, and I appreciate you for it. But a lot of people were against this in a loud, wrong way. This was something that was taboo. You could not come near it, even as no Tennessee Titan. And not with that, that would it, not that it would matter if they did or they didn't. But they were lumping people in. Whether they were not discerning between kneeling, placing a fist in the air like Daquan Jones and Wesley Woodyard and Jarrell Casey, Jarrell Casey, Delaney Walker, the most vocal and most veteran of leaders that this team has had. Now they are no longer here, obviously, but they were so great on this subject four years ago. And I went back and I found these comments that Jarrell Casey made to CNN in London before the 2016 season. While he was in the middle of, while he, while Colin Kaepernick was in the middle of starting what would be the movement that has now culminated today. Jarrell Casey was loud about this then, and I'm curious to see If you guys have moved on this matter, if you have, I'd love to hear why. If you've changed your opinion one way or the other, we welcome this conversation. But I want to know how you guys would respond to Tennessee Titans on the sideline making some form of peaceful protest. Because Jarrell Casey was telling you four years ago, listen, we need to do this. And if you're not about it, man, you need to get out of the way. As we all know, 
it's definitely not not happy thing around our locker. Well, I wouldn't say our locker room, but around the NFL, uh, guys, it's definitely not happy about it. Uh, I honestly feel it's not not right. I don't think you know it was a good decision for the NFL to come up with that ruling. Um, but they have their reasonings on what they've done. I'm going to take a fine this year. Why not? I'm going to protest during the door flag. That's what I'm going to say now. I'm going to take my fine. So it is what it is. I ain't going to let them stop me doing what I want to do. And if they want to have these battles between players and organizations, it's what it's going to be. Just because it's not necessarily about the anthem. That's where everybody's messing up at. It's not about the anthem. We're just using that time to use it for our pl platform. If everybody can understand where we come from about the injustice in America, the way that the justice system treats minorities is the issue that we have. And until they can understand that, and yeah. for an organization, you know, for 90, 95% of your team to be minorities, and you can't understand where we come from, it's pretty mind-shocking to me. I'm gonna do what I do that's gonna bring light to my community, bring light to, my, to the people that's out there that need the attention. That's all it's about. I don't care what nobody else has to say. If you don't have nothing positive to say, and you don't know how to hop on board and try to make this world better for everybody, I don't care too much for you. I don't think you guys understand just how much we, the collective Nashville media, are going to miss that man. Jarrell Casey was so strong on this, and he got so much heat about this. He said he and Delaney Walker talked about death threats that they were getting. You guys love those two as Titans fans, and I'm not lumping you all in with the people that did them wrong in that way, but I will say that they were received not positively at all on the heels of those comments. And you look at that four years ago. Four years ago. It took this for us to be able to listen to words that these guys were saying four damn years ago and so much longer ago for as long as this has gone on in our country. And now, finally, we are seeing, we are seeing mass movement. It took sports coming to a screeching halt for us, finally, to be able to hear guys like Jarrell Casey four years after the fact. And so I'm curious as to, because at that time, Jarrell was talking about, man, F it, I'll take the fine. I don't care about your fine. Let me do what I want to do. This is the cause that I believe in. NFL can go, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he said he'd take the fine at that point. He was not worried about any financial penalty that the NFL would levy on him for protesting during, not protesting the anthem, protesting during the national anthem, during pregame ceremonies. Four years ago, when the Titans and the Seahawks played a game right after all of these things had gone down, Richard, I remember, man, that was one of the first times I heard Doug Baldwin talk. I got to cover that game in person. That was my first Titans game in person. You know how crazy that was? That was such, that was such an insane environment. I went to both locker rooms that day. I went in both locker rooms that day. I will never forget that as long as I live because this, I mean, it's just so crazy, and I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going off topic here, uh, but it was just so crazy to see how much, how much different it, uh, it evolved. Our friend Teron Davenport from ESPN says to get a better understanding of the systematic oppression, watch Thirteenth on Netflix. It'll open eyes, man. If that doesn't make you feel something, TD, and I actually got a chance to watch that the other day, you ain't human. Uh, it, it's it it is as emotionally evoking a piece of. Doc, documentation. I don't. I'm not certain what what exactly to classify it as history, even. But oh my God, is that one of the most powerful things that I've seen this year? Teron Davenport, spot on as always. We appreciate the OG hanging out here with us on A to Z Sports Prime Time. I'm with it, man. It doesn't bother me none. Says Ronnie Sneed. Nobody is stopping you from protesting. Says Junior Campos. 
Sean Gill says, I have changed in this regard because of the information and clarity. There was just so much confusion and back and forth that it confused the situation. But it's loud and clear now. It's not the flag. It's not the country. It's the injustice. When they see us, also relevant, says Stoney. Yes, indeed. A lot of... Listen, uh, Apple, Apple, uh, Apple Movies has done a great thing by making a lot of black... Uh, a lot of black film and a lot of black historical film free to the public for them to allow them to educate themselves on stuff that they may not know about. This is why this is why uh, uh, it's it's interesting to see the way that these things have gone uh, have gone about because there's blind spots just because of the way that some of us were taught. There's a whole chunk of history missing from a lot of our minds in a way that just that we didn't even realize, and it takes people who have ed- have gone outside of the of the norms to make sure that they are researched, so that when they try to tell people about this kind of stuff, they know and they know where to point them. Kenny Stills was this guy for Ryan Tannehill. We talked a lot about this this weekend. Again, I'm grateful as hell to you guys who have ri- ridden out the past two weeks with me because I'm honestly it's 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 tough subject matter, okay, and I'm not. Listen, I'm not I'm not the person to be sitting up here and and making definitive statements in a way that a lot of people are about the issues that are currently going on. I'm not a doctor and we've talked a lot about the coronavirus. I am not uh, I'm not African American and we've spent a lot of times on Black Lives Matter. But I do feel like we've had some really really stimulating, engaging conversations within the realm of sports, all of it within the realm of sports. To make sure that both sides are being are being heard in all of this, and I think that when we heard from Ryan Tannehill last night, he crystallized it so well. Teron says Tannehill said a lot. My respect for, level for him elevated greatly. This man knows what he's doing. And again, we talked about the Titans' three pronged media PR play. Listen, shouts to Titans PR, by the way. Uh, they get a lot of heat from us. And maybe it's just, it's maybe because it was a little bit, everybody was in their fields today on the Zoom call. Vrabel's excited to talk to Teresa. He's having fun picking on Paul. He's doing all of this through Zoom. He's telling us all how much he appreciates us and how much he hopes that we keep in touch over the summer. Like this is, this is the state of all of us. And he's probably just bored because he's been in his house. But like we are, we are really in interesting times in a way that normally we would all be together in the middle of all this. That's what makes this so much more difficult. We would all be in the same places talking about this. And so when I say thank you guys for sticking with us through all of these conversations in the middle of all of this, I really do mean that from the bottom of my heart because you guys have been spectacular. You guys have listened. You guys have heard the people that we brought on to give you these kind of messages. You've listened to all angles of the conversation. And this organization did a great job today. They had Tannehill out in front of it. They made sure... they. And, and I, I kind of give them a hard time. And actually, T- TD and I talked about this uh, via text when their first statement came out. And Tehran was very, very wise in telling me, you know, what, the, what good does it do to go after them for not being strong enough in their initial statement? What, what does that accomplish? No, nothing does that accomplish. And so we allowed them more time. And so they go out there and Mike Vrabel makes a statement and doesn't take any questions. And then the next week they give us Bayard, Tannehill, and Rashawn Evans. And you get Bayard, who's a great representation of exactly what, how, how some black people are feeling in the middle of all of this, where he's just like, man, 
I forget who asked him the question about anthem protests, but he's like, honestly, I think that just distracts from the larger point. I, 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 he just seemed tired of all of it. And I feel like he speaks for a lot of people in that way. And then you have, uh, then you have Ryan Tannehill. Tana woke. Man, Tannehill was so damn strong. And I sat there, I sat there writing an article yesterday for the website, and a lot of us wrote, wrote about this. Teron did a great job with it. I saw Kaharski had a really great piece on it. We all had different angles that we took on it, and all of it, all of it felt kind of weird because you're writing the narrative of white quarterback saves black narrative. And that's not the way that you are trying to have these things come across. I'll let you behind the curtain a little bit around here. But then when you look at the way that Tannehill is representing, because you have a lot of guys speaking out right now. And a lot of guys have done that because they are emboldened to do so. This is a safe, ironically, it's a safe time to be bold in this way. But Tannehill is not out there being bold just, just in the way that he is doing it. He is coming with informed opinions. He is coming with lessons learned from four years ago, from guys like Jarrell Casey, who we just played that clip for you, and everybody is like, I'm, I'm telling you, just just to hear that. And I, got, I honestly, I want to run it back again. Talking about anthem protests, or excuse me, protests in the middle of the national anthem during 2016 while Jarrell Casey was in London. I want to run it back one more time for people to hear. Because it was those statements four years ago that sound exactly like they do now. As we all know, it's definitely not, not a happy thing around our locker Well, I won't say our locker room, but around the NFL. Uh, guys, it's definitely not happy about it. Uh, I honestly feel it's not, not right. I don't think you know it was a good decision for the NFL to come up with that ruling. Um, but they have their reasonings on what they've done. I'm going to take a fine this year. Why not? I'm going to protest during the, the flag. That's what I'm going to say now. I'm going to take my fine. So it is what it is. I ain't going to let them stop me doing what I want to do. And if they want to have these battles between players and organization, it's what it's going to be. Just because it's not necessarily about the anthem. That's where everybody's messing up. At. It's not about the anthem. We're just using that time to use it for our pl- platform. If everybody can understand where we come from about the injustice in America, the th- way that the justice system treats minorities is the issue that we have and until they can understand that and yeah. for an organization you know for 94 95% of your team to be minorities and you can't understand where we come from uh, it's pretty mind shocking to me I'm gonna do what I do that's gonna bring light to my community bring light to my to the people that's out there that need the attention that's all it's about I don't care what nobody else has to say if you don't have nothing positive to say and you don't know how to hop on board and try to make this world better for everybody I don't care too much for you I really am going to miss that guy. That's the kind of education, though. When Ryan Tannehill talked about being educated four years ago, when those comments were made by Jarrell Casey, that's the kind of stuff that Kenny Stills was teaching him. And bless him for listening and figuring out a way to do this succinctly and do it correctly in the middle of today's society. They have that. They have John Robinson today. They have the statements from ownership in a way that ownership has been loath to do. Casey goes beyond protests too says Teron Davenport, talking about his prison, uh, his work in the prison systems or uh, for, uh, for uh, because, of, ex- excuse me, Teron, and I don't want to, I don't want to botch the story because I can't remember the exact details, but I believe he has a brother that is in the prison, si- prison system and Jarrell Casey has been working for prison reform. I want to make sure that I have the details correct on that though. So TD, if you could fact check me real quick there in the comments on Periscope, I appreciate you boss, man. Uh, but yes, Jarrell Casey's, uh, Jarrell Casey's fant- fantastic player, 
seems an even better person in the in the in the amount of work that he did for the community. Let us move on, though, and I'll uh, hopefully Teron will be able to give me an answer here so I can clarify before we move on. But we need a little feel good. We need what Matthew McConaughey is doing in that picture. We need to huff some of that internet smoke that has been going around lately. We need to get to this is a free site. Yes, that's correct, says Teron. Thank you. And I believe Teron wrote a very good article about that that you can check out at ESPN.com. But before you go to ESPN.com and read TD's great article, you got to stick around for this is a free site, the best thing that I saw on social media this week, and I hope that it makes you laugh. It's sad that you can get punished for a rightful cause. The NFL money determines this secret rule, says Steve Dalton. Maybe that's so. But in the meantime, we're going to move on to happier times. We're going to do this as a free site. I'm going to tell you about our friends in the meantime before we get to this as a free site, and I'm going to ask you this question while I do it. I want to know from you guys, name the one, name the one thing that's made you question humanity in the middle of the Rona. Give me this one thing. Just one word. It can be one thing, one action, one subsect of humanity, should you so choose. It's time for This is a Free Site, the best thing that I saw on social media. I want to know what you guys, what has made you question humanity in the midst of the coronavirus. While you do, I will make sure that you are in your comfort zone or that you're seeking out the right people who can put you in your comfort zone as we move into summer. That is the fine folks at Tennessee Heating and Cooling. The website that you go to is 10hc.com, T-E-N-N-H-C.com. Chris Hamby and the fine folks over there at Tennessee Heating and Cooling will make sure that you get taken care of. Let me know, or excuse me, head, let them know that A to Z Sports sent you 10hc.com, Tennessee Heating and Cooling, your satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Name the one thing that makes you question humanity during the row in a tribe called Quez says you mean aside from George Floyd. Yeah, I was, I, I probably should have stated that, that uh, question better. And, and the George Floyd thing, I actually, John Robinson was strong in a lot of things today. And, uh, and I, it's, it's always going to be a part of the conversation. My goal here was to accomplish something lighter, but you can't, you can't talk. I mean, it's, it's a valid point. It's a valid point. And it's not like I'm trying to avoid it here. Um, but I guess I was just looking for something a little lighter here on a here on a Thursday night on A to Z Sports Prime Time. But that absolutely makes you question humanity, no doubt about it. What has made you question humanity though in the midst of the Rona? Let me know on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Wearing a mask, working in a factory job with this heat is miserable. Why would you buy all that toilet paper? Says Steve Haygood. That's not. Humanity. Yeah, nobody's pooping that much. Let's be reasonable, people. Uh, Kevin Shaw just says the President of the United States. Sean Gill says, Internet smoke, puff, puff, pass. Well, let's talk about some Internet smoke because that is this week's This is a Free Site because Las Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas. Vegas reopened this weekend and gave us some incredible images of Vegas in the midst of the coronavirus. Here is Las Vegas 45 minutes after it opened Courtesy of Exotic Jed. It's a great name. Exotic Jed on Twitter.
Las Vegas reopening has made me question all of humanity. This man sitting at a slot machine, sweaty as all hell, no sleeves on his shirt, smoking a cigarette through the side of his mask. It's one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen. Las Vegas being reopened in the midst of a global pandemic is the one thing that has made me question humanity amidst the coronavirus. I saw TD say in the comments there, uh, going into a bank with a mask on, asking for money and not getting arrested. Yeah, that's a big one. Who would win in a fight, Kermit the Frog or Winnie the Pooh, says South Texas Titan. I would go Kermit because he is always sipping that tea. Kermit knows what's up. He's got, he knows where the bodies are buried. He's ready for that smoke. Uh, let me know in the comments section what has made you question humanity in the midst of the Rona. I was expecting no masks, but at least they have masks on, says El Boogie 808. Yeah, little victories. The Huntington Beach opening was crazy as well. So many people crossing the street. It blocked traffic, says Tribe Called Quest. Yes, sir. Selfishness, says Karen O'Keefe. Yeah, there have been a lot of that, but there's been a lot of good lately. I, humanity humanity is, has had a tough go, and I, I feel we're on the upside, but we will, or at least on the upturn, we will see how much we can keep this momentum going. Uh, Corey D. Jackson just says, LOL. Have you seen TikTok? That'll make you question humanity, says Sean Gill. I lose hours. Maybe not hours. I shouldn't say that publicly, especially not on my show where my bosses can hear me. I do not spend hours, but I lose a considerable chunk of my day to TikTok videos now. It's the only place, like TikTok, people were putting all their TikToks on Instagram, so I'm like, all right, hell with it. I'll make a TikTok. I'll go check it out. Ozark Pool Party, says Puka. That's what made her question humanity. I don't think TikTok makes me question humanity. In fact, I feel I feel kind of good about the creativity that's out there that the Rona has kind of unleashed. There's been a lot of great stuff on the internet for me to be able to use for these viral video segments or these. Uh, this is a free site and gone viral on Tuesday. TD always finds funny videos to DM me uh, on Twitter, and it always makes my day. Shouts to the OG for that. But TikTok does not make me question humanity. Now it makes me question how much time people are spending on these TikToks, because God knows the amount of coordination and choreography, frankly, to pull off some of these. Got to take a minute. The idea of drinking bleach to protect from the coronavirus, says Texas Sports 15. Yeah, we uh, we had a brief stint with that. Don't drink bleach. (laughs) It's it's like, uh, you know, no no political affiliations one side or the other here, but it's like I saw Biden say on, on Twitter a couple weeks ago, I can't believe I have to say this, but don't drink bleach. It's that simple. It's the same four dance moves rearranged. Can't stand it, says Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, this is for the people without rhythm who want to look like they can dance, like me. (laughs) That's what TikTok is for. This is a free site. The best thing I saw on social media, the reopening of Viva Las Vegas, masks and all. It was a beautiful site, I guess. (laughs) This is a sad site. Makes me very sad. That sweaty little man smoking a cigarette outside of the, or out the side of his mask. At the slot machine. Just just what a, what, a, what a sad existence. But great for our content, and we appreciate it for him. Uh, this has not been a sad existence. It's been, it's been a tough couple of weeks, and we continue to... You, you guys continue to rock the hell out of this thing that we do here every night, and I appreciate you for it. Thank you for getting through and getting uh, to another week with me in, on A to Z Sports Prime Time. We will be back with you on Sunday nights, a few... Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. A few programming notes on the way out the door tomorrow... Of course, 3HL on 104.5 The Zone. You can check me out with Mickey, Brent, and Dawn at 2.15. We will talk about all things Titans there on your radio dial. Make sure that you catch us back here Sunday night at 8 p.m. 
You can listen to the 615 Sessions podcast with myself, with Paul Kaharski, with Joe Rexroad on the Tannehill comments. We went to our senior, and I do mean senior, correspondent white guys here in Nashville media, and I thought PK and Rexroad were great on the subject. That's available in the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. And in the meantime, you got Austin and Zach for one more show in the morning to get your Friday started right. I am going to get my weekend started because I think I deserve a cocktail. It's been a long week, and I'm ready for one. And there's no football on the horizon, so what else am I going to do but drink? I'm going to see you guys on Sunday night right here on A to Z Sports Primetime. I appreciate you again, and as always, fam, peace and love.